Thanks for joining us today with another podcast from New Hope Church. We hope that you enjoy what we have for you today and find it encouraging and uplifting. If you ever want to learn more information about New Hope Church, please visit us online at myhope.life. We'd love to get to know you. Have a wonderful day and God bless. for Marlene today to get to uh, celebrate this uh, day with her Um, and uh, I uh, wanted to I wanted to preach a message that was really geared for you Marlene to like encourage you and be like you know keep doing what you're doing and everything and I had this plan worked out, but I I promise you last night as I was finishing up my message, God changed my message. And so I don't know why, but I do believe this, that whoever this message is for, God is reaching in this message. I can tell you that. And, uh, and this is, and I'll say this, if there's anyone sitting here that's like, well, that wasn't for me. There is someone that this is for, whether it's in this room or online, wherever they may be, this message is for someone today. I believe that 100%, without a shadow of a doubt, I could not get it off of my mind. Um, If you would like the notes and you haven't signed up for it, you can text that number and uh, you can use the word, you just type in the word notes and you will get an email. You fill out the form and you will get an email with the notes that I am using today. And so if you are online or in person, if you do that, you can uh, have my notes. Um, and it's also at the bottom of the, at the, bottom of the handout. Um, so if you would like them. Uh, but I want, to, uh, I want to begin with prayer. We'll do the normal recap of last week so that everyone's on the same page. And then we will kind of dive into Mark chapter 10 this week. And uh, I have been going chapter by chapter in in Mark and uh, was planning on doing this the same as I have been. But boy, last night God began to change my message. And so what I would like us to do right now is I want to pray for you all that, that God would prepare your hearts right now for this message. And know that as I preach this, I'm preaching it in love. That I, I honestly, as I was putting it together and the things were coming together, it was so strong on my heart and I couldn't get past this one portion of my message. Like from the very beginning to the end of my message, it's a, it's, there's like two different messages in here. And, and so it starts out a little bit light, but then it gets really heavy. And I want you to be prepared for that if God begins to tug at your heart. And so right now, Jesus, I pray that you would touch every single person that's here today, every single person that watches this, for every person that may rewatch this, whoever's live with us right now, God, I pray that you would touch them. You have a purpose for this message today, and I pray that it would strengthen, encourage, and lift people out of the place where they're at, God, to bring them to where that you have for them. God, I pray you would touch them right now. 
Prepare our hearts for your word in Jesus' name. Open our ears and our minds to receive your word in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to start off with recapping. Last week we kind of asked the question and we determined who was the greatest last week in this room. And it was not any of us. But it was Jesus. Because in Mark chapter 9, the disciples were having a discussion. Who is the greatest among us? They're walking behind Jesus. And Jesus is like, so what were you all talking about? And they were silent. And Jesus knew that they were talking about who was the greatest among them. I don't know what was, had possessed those guys to begin to think like that. Hello, you are with Jesus. He is the greatest among us. He is the greatest among them in that day. He is the greatest. And so we talked about placing people or things before our relationship with God and how uh, we can do that. And, and we are saying when we do that, when we put something before God, that becomes our God. We're to have no other gods before him. Um, we have to make sure we examine our life and, it sh and ensure that God is in first place. He's got to be number one in our lives. Everything must come after our relationship with God. Now, I'm not telling you you need to give up on everything, but you have to be willing to sacrifice those things so that your relationship with him is number one because there will come a day when Jesus will ask you to do something, and if you're not willing to do it, you'll turn and you'll walk away. Um, and so we have to make sure to strive to serve each other and to serve Jesus. We must decrease so that he can increase in our lives. It's got to be his will. It's got to be what he wants. And in the final portion of last week, uh, I wanted you to focus, uh, I want you to focus on Mark chapter 9 and in verse 36. Jesus emphasizes the little children. Don't harm the children. We should also not harm spiritual children. People that are brand new in the faith, we should not harm them. We should love them, care for them, help them, help them to grow. We don't just, uh, I asked Jennifer last week, I was like, when your babies were newborn, did you just set a stake at the table and say, here you go, eat? No, she didn't do that. You don't even feed them. You don't grind up a steak. You, you give them milk and you know, baby food and, and things like that. So the same is true in our relationship with God that we have got to sometimes break things down in the Bible and begin to uh, study for ourselves and begin to feed for ourselves. A child in the beginning needs someone to feed them. But as they get older, all of us are older and adults, we can go into McDonald's or we can go into our kitchen and we can put in a number into the microwave and we can microwave those ramen noodles and we don't need help. You can cook your macaroni and cheese. Adulting 101, right? <laughs> um, you can do those things. The same is true with the word of God. You have got to get to a point in your life that you don't need someone to feed you all the time. Yes, it is good to share with one another. It's good to listen to preaching. It's good to do those things. But you have also got to have a relationship with Jesus where you study this word. If you are wondering why you haven't heard the voice of God, maybe it's because this has not been read enough in your life. And you need to read this. If you're not hearing his voice, open the word, and I promise you, you will hear it. So we can't harm spiritual children. 
and children need people to help raise them. And so it's important for every one of us. If, if you're a baby, if you're new, you're like, well, I think I'm a baby. Okay, great. Learn. Take everything in that you can. Take everything. Get help. Get, ask questions. Help us teach you. You can get out of the Bible what you want to get out of it. If you'll study, it'll encourage you. It'll help you. But don't stay at that state all your life. Continue to read and grow in Jesus. So I want to, um, the, 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 the purpose of this whole series, Behold, was to encourage you to fall in love with Jesus all over again. You're like, I love Jesus. Great. I want you to fall in love with him all over again. I want you to remember what it was like the very first day that you said, God, I give you my life. I want you to remember what it was like when Jesus began to touch you and begin to change you and transform you. I want you to go back to that day and fall in love with him all over again. I want a new relationship, God. I want a refreshing in my life. I want it to be new every day. When I wake up in the morning, I want the first thing to be getting a hold of Jesus. Not opening my phone and, and, and looking at Facebook, but praying and getting a hold of Jesus. That's, that's what is got to be number one priority. Anything else has got to be second place. So we're going to start at verse 12 in, I'm sorry, verse 13 in Mark chapter 10. And in verse 13, it says, people were bringing little children to him in order that he might touch them. So this is kind of where we were last week when we left off um, in Mark chapter 9. And we see it again. We see this likeness of little children. And... Uh, the disciples rebuked them. They stopped them from coming to Jesus. What is wrong, disciples? Did you not listen in like the last chapter? What Jesus had said about the little children. And here we go. We see this in verse 14. When Jesus saw it, he got upset. And he said to them, let the little children come to me. Do not stop them because the kingdom of God belongs to to such as these. That's pretty powerful, right? So we go back to last week and we, we began to liken what Jesus had said to spiritual children. And here again, he begins to do that. He says, truly, I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. After taking them in his arms, he laid his hands on them and blessed them. One thing I want you to pay attention to is that the children came to him. They were trusting him. They came to him. It seems as though when I read this that the children loved him. They, had a relation, they wanted to have a relationship with him, and Jesus touched them and blessed them. There is power in the touch. Those of you that may have requested my notes or I sent two last night, you will know that is not in my notes. I really feel God is leading me in a different direction right this moment. After taking them in his arms, he laid his hands on them and blessed them. You see, we can come to Jesus and not allow him to touch us. We can come up and say, Jesus, here's the rules that I've got for you. This is the boundaries. This is how I'm going to let you operate in my life. 
That's not as a little child. That isn't coming to him as a little child. You see, these children came to him, and they were trusting of him. They, they were willing to allow him to touch them. They, he was willing to, uh, he, they were willing to allow him to embrace them. And, and I think that that is how we have got to be in our relationship with Jesus Christ. We've got to be willing to let him embrace us, to be willing to hold us, to be willing to, to, to help us. We can't have it our way. It's got to be his. It's a daily relationship with him. I must have the faith of a child. You have never arrived in your relationship with God. And if you think you have, you're wrong. Not one of us in this place or one of us that listens to this message has ever arrived in our relationship with God where we are where we need to be. The day that you are where you need to be is the day that you are dead. Keep growing in Jesus. Keep growing in your relationship with him. Don't, don't back down. Continue to grow in him. Don't stop reading the word because you read the Bible a couple of times or you, you read it 30 times. I don't care. Read it again. There's something new every day that you read this Bible. I, I will tell you this. That what I'm about to preach to you, what I'm getting to, I've, I've preached about these portions of scripture before. But what I'm about to talk to you about, I have never, I've never seen before. It's just, it's all new to me. So I'm excited to share it with you today. But I believe that God is going to touch some people. There's always more in your relationship with God. Always more. You can always get something more from Jesus. You can always do something more to serve the kingdom, to grow the kingdom, to grow in your relationship with him. You may sit here today and ask the question, well, what else is there? Well, I don't know, that's between you and your relationship with God. Do you have a prayer life? And I, I know many of you do. Do you have a, a study life of God's word? Yeah, many of you do. So what's the next step? What's the, what's the next thing for me? Maybe it's to begin to help feed someone else. Maybe it's to begin to not only study the word for yourself, but to study the word for and help someone else study the word. So there's always something more. When you pour into someone's life, it's, it's like this vessel. You begin to pour, and it continues to pour into you so that it never runs out. The oil continues to flow. So if you have stopped pouring, so has the oil that stops pouring into you. You have got to continue to pour. So it can't be your way. It has to be his. We must follow him. I must say, I'm going to let go of control. I'm going to follow you, Jesus, wherever you lead me. Whatever you want me to do, I will follow you. So this next one, this next part is a little bit tough. But without it, we miss what Jesus is trying to say in some of the next portions of Scripture. So... This is where my message began to change last night. I wrote that portion right there. I said, okay, this next part is a tough one to talk about, but without it, we miss what Jesus is trying to say in the next portion of scriptures. And so I want to give you this. I wrote that in my notes. And then as I began to finish this section, I could not get off of it. I could not move from this portion. And so 
part doesn't even make sense in my notes anymore. But as we read in verse 17 of Mark chapter 10, it says, As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt down before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What must I do? Many have asked this question. What must I do to be saved? What must I do to follow you? What must I do? There's so much there. What must I do? So many ask that question. And when Jesus gives the response, we turn and we say that's too much. We turn and we walk away. Because our priorities are out of order. You see this rich young man also found that the price was too great because his priorities were out of order. So you see, when we get our priorities out of order and our relationship with Jesus isn't number one, then things begin to fall apart. When we hear from, when we hear from God, no, that's, that's not what I want to do. I, I don't really like that. We begin to turn away from this word. We begin to take the Bible. Marlene, I'm so sorry that I don't have like a super encouraging word today to encourage you. But, but I pray that this message will lift you up as well. <laughs> All right. Um, this, we can, we can have this word and we can not hide it and we can choose to not hide it in our hearts. We, we, we choose to, to not get in and read the word of God. And then we're like, why aren't you speaking to me, God? Why aren't you, why don't I hear you? Why aren't you moving in my situation? What, what's going on? I thought we had a relationship and all the while... It's God is standing back and he's saying, but you're not praying, but you're not reading my word. I want to have a relationship with you, but this is a two-way street. You've got to have a relationship with him. It's not all one-sided. You have also got to reach him. You've also got to come to him. We see this rich man. He comes and he gets before Jesus and he kneels down and says, what must I do? Look at the respect that he had for Jesus. Look at the, the, the submission and, and look at all the, look at what he did Oh, it's so awesome. But this next part of the scripture begins to paint the picture of who truly was this man's God. And Jesus says, and when I read this scripture in verse 18, why do you call me good? Jesus asked him. No one is good except God alone. I was blown away by this when I realized. I don't know how many times I've heard this story, how many times I have read this story. And I guess I just always assumed that when Jesus listed some of the Ten Commandments, that honor, that honoring God is, is in there. You know, the very first four commandments of the Ten Commandments deal with honoring God, having no other gods before you, uh, honoring the Sabbath. The first four 
commandments talk about your relationship with God. But look what Jesus says here in verse 19. He says, you know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. He said to him, teacher, I've kept all these from my, from my youth. Oh, that's so, so good that you kept those commandments. So good that you, you've kept those commandments. It's so good that you've done this portion. What I believe is that in the next portion of Scripture that we're about to read, Jesus gives the opportunity for this man to change his life and to truly follow those first four commandments. We have to have our relationship with God as a number one priority. It can't be, our, our education can't be number one priority. My, my goals and my dreams cannot be my number one priority. My career cannot be my number one priority. Rochelle, I love you to death, but my relationship with you cannot be my number one priority. My number one priority is dependent on my relationship with God. You're number two, I promise. <laughs> but I... I I, I love my wife, but it can't be number one. I, I don't want to be number one in your life. I want Jesus to be number one in your life. I want you to have a relationship with him because I know that if we have a relationship with him, as we grow closer to him, we will grow, grow closer to each other. So you may say that's some different thinking. No, it's the truth. If you will put God at the center of your life, if you'll put him there, things will begin to come together. Things will begin to grow. Whenever you say, I'm God, when you say that, my dreams and my passions, that's what I'm going to do. When my desires, that's what I'm going to do. Then, then, then you have decided that you or your possessions or your, 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 your goals are your God. Look at what Jesus says. This man comes to him, runs to him, gets on his knees. I've kept those commandments. Looking at him, Jesus loved him. Oh, how many times? Have we been this man? Jesus says, you lack one thing. Go sell all you have and give it to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. The one thing that this man lacked was the priority that needed to be there for his relationship with God. When Jesus looked at this man, he saw a good man. It says he loved him. He loved him for who he was. He loved him in his, in his, in his difficult times. He, he loved him in his, in his, in his differences. He, he loved him in what he saw. He, he loved him even though his priorities were off. In our inadequacies, he loves us. For this man... For this man, when Jesus said that, Jesus knew that if this man truly wanted to follow him, that he would need to get rid of what God actually was in his life. You see, his possessions and his money was actually God in his life. Money is not sin. 
It's the love of money is the beginning of sin. And, and so it's okay to have money. I'm not saying that. It's okay to have career. It's okay to have goals and ambitions. But if God speaks to you and says, hey, you need to cut that out of your life, and you say no, you're rejecting life everlasting. So here's what we see. To make your relationship with God priority means selling yourself and your desires and making sure that nothing comes between you and him. Is that cost too great for you? Is that cost too great? Remember this man, he came, bowed before Jesus. What Jesus gave the command, verse 22 says, but he was dismayed by this demand. And he went away grieving because he had many possessions. For this man, the cost of relationship with God was too much because his priorities were out of step with where they needed to be. Anything that you put before God is an idol. Is an idol. Anything that separates you from him is idolatry. Anything that takes you, takes all of who you are and, and consumes you, that is truly your God. So it is vital that we examine our lives and make sure that nothing comes between us. What will you sell to get your relationship with God right? What will you sell? I'll sell my addiction. I'll sell my ambitions. I'll sell my goals. I'll lay it down for relationship with you, Jesus. I'll do what you ask of me. You see this rich man, he gets before Jesus and gets on his knees. What do you want? He's so close to Jesus. He could touch him. But in that moment... When Jesus said you need to sell everything because you're lacking one thing, your priorities are off a little bit, young man. Your priorities are off a little bit, young lady. Your, your priorities don't have me where they need to be. He was so close he could have touched Jesus. But when Jesus said, you have to sell your depression, you have to sell your anxiety, you have to sell your past. You have to sell your hurts, your pains. You, you have to lay it down before me. You, you have to give up some of those things in your life that are holding you back. When he said that, the rich young man grieved, turned around, and walked away. And he was grieved. And the question You know, a lot of times I, I preach really pretty messages I feel like that are encouraging and uplifting, and this is nothing like I have ever preached, I don't think, ever in my life. And I believe that God is reaching for someone right now. And I want you to know this is a church that believes in heaven, but there is a, this is also a church that really truly believes that there is hell. If there is heaven, then there is hell. And so, as I was preparing this last night, all I could think about is the rich man. He made it all the way to Jesus. And when he heard it, he said, no, it's too much. 
I wonder if I could go back to the moment in time, if I could just ask the rich young man. We don't read about him anywhere else in the Bible. We don't know what happened to him. As far as I know, his possessions were his God. As, as far as I know, what he was holding on to never got changed. His priorities never gotten straightened out. And so in, in, in what I find here, I find a man that was lost, a man that, 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 that was afraid, a man that found his identity in his, pay, in, his, in his possessions, a man that found his identity in his wealth. And so as people of God, as people in this world, we have got to make sure that we find our identity in Jesus Christ and not everything else. So I ask you this question. We don't know if he was ever saved. We don't know. As far as we know, because he walked away at his opportunity, maybe there was never another opportunity because we're not promised tomorrow. What if this was your last opportunity? What if you could ask that young man today, was it worth it? Was continuing to hold on to your possessions worth it? for the relationship that you traded were your possessions worth it? So I ask you this today. Is your pain worth holding on to? Is your hurt worth holding on to? Is the addiction worth holding on to? Is your hopes and dreams worth holding on to to sacrifice your relationship with God on the altar of your priorities? I know this is like so like, oh, this is so hard to preach, I promise. But I believe that God is reaching for someone today. As I was pending this last portion of my message, all I could think about was if we could hear the voice of that young man today, he would be screaming, it wasn't worth it. If I could get to you one time, if he could get to you today, he would say, when I was on my knees before Jesus, I should have reached out and touched him. When I was on my knees before Jesus, I should have said, everything is yours. How many times do we come before Jesus? And we say the price is too great when he went to Calvary for us, when he was beaten on his back for us. The price was so great for him, but he did it because he loved me, because he loved you. Oh, Jesus, a young man turned and walked away and was grieved. If you had an opportunity today, to be at the feet of Jesus. What would you do? Would you take the opportunity to reach out and touch him? Or would you turn and walk away? There's such a heaviness in here right now. He's reaching for someone in this room. 
You've been going so long and so hard. You've been trying to do it on your own strength. Listen to his voice. He's got something better than your hurts, your pains, your addictions, your crisis, your situation. He's got something better. And he loves you. He's looking right now at you and he's saying, I love you. No matter what people have told you, I love you. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. When I tell you I've never preached a message like this, I believe, I'm honest with you. You can hear a pin drop in this place right now. We have fun. We laugh. We do. But I truly believe that in this moment right now, you can be like that young man. And say the cost is too great. If you could hear his voice, he would be screaming from the pit of hell, saying it's not worth it. If I could paint you a vivid picture right now, if you could hear the screams of hell, if you could hear, if you could feel the heat of hell, you would say, this, I've got to change my life. I've got to follow you, Jesus. Everything I've got, all my priorities, they're not worth it. Oh, Jesus. We can be just like that rich man, and I'm bringing it to a close. We get so close to Jesus, but refuse to take the next step. And we turn and we walk away. We cannot do that. If I could just beg you for just a moment, whoever I'm talking to, whoever it is that God is tugging at your heart right now, don't be like this young man. You don't have to be this way. It doesn't have to be your story. Jesus found value in you at Calvary. Don't leave here today without laying it down. We've talked about this before. I believe in my heart that there is an importance in finding a place to pray at the end of the service, to come to the altar if you need to, to, to get a hold of God. But this message is so different from anything I've ever preached. I can tell you this, that I was, as I was typing this last night, the heaviness that I felt on my heart, whoever it's for, this is not an easy message to preach. I can promise you that I don't do this in joy or take, take light in, in, in what I'm preaching here. This is, this is for me as well. But without a shadow of a doubt, God is reaching for someone in this place. 
I believe strongly in the importance of an altar call. And maybe you want to find a place to pray. Maybe you want to get down on your knees just like this rich young man did. Get at the feet of Jesus. He's here right now. And he's here to move in someone's life. And I want to invite you. If you feel right now God tugging at your heartstrings. To make your way to this front and begin to pray and get a hold of Jesus. All you got to say is, Jesus, I need you. That's it. Maybe you don't want to come up here. And, and if you don't, that's, that's okay. You can do it right there at your seat. Maybe you want to get down on your knees and begin to pray. What I'm asking of you is not too hard. What I'm asking of you, the cost is not too great. But if you turn and walk away, you are turning and walking away from him. You know what he wants because you can feel it in your heart right now. Jesus, I pray that your spirit would begin to sweep across this place. She would begin to deal with us. God, I pray that you would touch right now. If you'd like someone to pray with you, please come to the front. If you feel God tugging at your heartstrings, don't stay where you are. Don't be like that rich young man and stay and decide to not take that next step. Take a step today. Give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. What would happen if a generation embraced this? Come on, tell me. Here I am. Here I am. Here I stand.
at the end of this song while in the service. But I want you to hear the words of this song because it'll touch you, I promise. I believe it. That there's someone here that God wants to touch to make whole all the brokenness. You don't have to be afraid of it. You can lay it before Him. He wants to take it and change it. So you came and changed my life.
presence of God is so strong in this place. It's, uh, it's never easy to preach a message like that. It's fun to, to preach happy, feel-good messages, but sometimes God begins to deal with you. And if I don't do what he says, then I am guilty of sin. And so, as hard as it may have been to preach that message, 100% I believe that it was for someone to take that next step. Wherever you may be in your relationship with God, there's a next step. Always a next step. Don't be afraid to take that next step. Not only is God going to be there to help you, but the people in this room are here to help you take that next step, whatever it may be. Repentance. Acts 2.38 says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It was a promise to us, to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. If you haven't taken those steps, maybe one of those steps is the next thing. God, I pray right now that you would touch us. I thank you for meeting us here today. God, I pray that you would touch us throughout the remainder of this service. God, that you would continue to touch us throughout this week. That you would have your way in our lives. That you would lead us in everything that we do. I pray that you would touch and strengthen each and every person, God. And I pray that you would uh, bless Marlene. And I pray that you would bless the cake. That it would be good, even though the writing isn't pretty. I pray that you would touch us today, God. Let us fellowship and have a good time. In Jesus' name, amen. Don't forget the 23rd. We've got our fall party at our house. We'd love to have everyone there. If you need the address, let us know. Um, uh, Bible study Tuesdays at uh, 630.